Hello, and thanks for joining part two of this special edition of Thoughts in the Market. I'm Andrew Sheets, Chief Cross Asset Strategist for Morgan Stanley. Today, I'll be continuing my conversation with Matthew Harrison, discussing the various vaccines under development to address COVID-19 and the potential implications for the market in the year ahead. It's Friday, July 24th at 2 p.m. in London. So Matt, so far, uh, I think this conversation has been a little bit downbeat. You see a worse progression of the virus than we did several months ago. You see more places with exponential growth. We're seeing more counties with high levels of growth and community spread. So maybe let me focus a little bit on what seemed like a nugget of good news is that we're starting to get some updates on some of the vaccines and other therapies to treat COVID-19. And some of that has been encouraging. And so maybe help us understand what are the various trials that you're watching and what do you think we learned this month about how those are going? We've had three sets of phase one data from the leading vaccines that are likely the first to start phase three studies in the U.S. Those initial vaccines have all demonstrated that they can produce neutralizing antibodies. So this is an antibody that can kill the virus when it enters your body. They've all produced levels of those neutralizing antibodies that are at or above the rate that people who have recovered from the virus produce. So that's, I think, been quite good news to say that the initial data has been encouraging from these vaccines, and that that initial data suggests that there is at least a potential that these could provide a response to protect people from the disease. Now, there are a handful of unknown questions that we have to find out. Uh, first, all of these vaccines have only been studied in mostly young, healthy people. We'll wait data on older people. So it's important to make sure that we can produce enough of an immune response in those patients given the mortality in the older age group. Second, while we hope that neutralizing antibodies can provide a protective effect, we don't know that for sure. And so that's what the phase three studies, which are going to start in July and August, are going to tell us. Basically, 30,000 patients are going to be enrolled in each of these studies. Those studies will put half of the people on the vaccine and half of the people won't get anything. And then when those studies come to an end, we'll look at how many people who got the vaccine got infected with the virus and how many people who didn't get the vaccine got infected with the virus. The regulators in the U.S. have said that you need to demonstrate that the vaccinated patients have a 50% less infection rate than those who weren't vaccinated to get approved. And so our base case is that we'll know that answer in November. And Matt, you know, maybe just walk us through what then the kind of the final step is. So let's say, hopefully, many of these vaccines work. And we, we hear in November that there's a successful phase three trial. So what's then the, the next step? How do we get from there to you and I being able to get an inoculation against COVID-19? Sure. So you, you need to obviously file it with regulators in the U.S. That would be with the FDA. Traditionally, the fastest the FDA would review something and, and grant approval is around eight months. Obviously, many people think that that will be much shorter here, but we don't know how quickly the FDA can review that data. I think a lot of people are, are pointing to maybe a month or two. So that puts you in a position where you could have an approved vaccine you know, as early as late 2020 or early 2021. And then all of these companies have started to produce doses of their vaccine at risk before they know the answer to the phase three studies. Most companies have talked about somewhere in the order of tens of millions to a hundred million doses being available by the end of this year. 
most of these vaccines will require two shots. So when they talk about 100 million doses, that's being able to vaccinate 50 million people. And I think, you know, if they all work, you, you might have enough vaccine stockpiles to be able to vaccinate broadly most of the U.S. population starting in the, in the first quarter of 2021. You know, this is this is a global pandemic. You have companies all over the world working on vaccines. Maybe could you just kind of walk through a little bit of of how those vaccines get distributed worldwide? And and are there some potentially kind of awkward conversations that are going to be out there where certain countries are going to get a vaccine before others? And and how will that process be handled? It's an interesting question, Andrew, and one that we've thought about a little bit. What I would highlight is that many of the, the regional differences that you might think about. So for example, China versus the US will probably not come into play. China has five vaccines of its own that it's developing through various clinical studies, two of which are already in phase three studies. And so China will likely have its own effective vaccine, which it will you know distribute to its partners. I think the US, Western Europe, as well as its partners will, will probably see some of the vaccines that are being developed here. Um, and then the, the question will be what happens to countries that are typically a donation market or a market where the, the WHO handles them. And I think, you know, my hope would be that many of the countries who have developed successful vaccines will contribute to helping those countries in their markets. So given what we've discussed here, you know, obviously rising case counts in the U.S., but positive news so far on, on vaccines, how do you think the market is handling both of those disparate pieces of information. So I actually think the market response to this is, is pretty fascinating because I, I think you could be forgiven in saying the S&P 500, you know, back up near new highs with the NASDAQ making new highs, that the market is ignoring the rising case count and is very encouraged by the initial vaccine data. And yet I would actually argue if you kind of go under the hood of the market, it might actually be telling you the exact opposite. And by that, I mean that where the vaccine is so important for the market debate is, is to me, success of a vaccine is really at the center of how normal will things eventually return to, right? If we have a successful vaccine, it's much more likely that 12 months from now, 24 months from now, the world could actually look much like it did before COVID-19. We would be inoculated against it. We would be protected from it. You know, people could go about their lives. And yet the way that the market is pricing, both in terms of long-term interest rate expectations, inflation expectations, even the companies that will be the winners and losers, is still very much priced for this to be an abnormal economy for a very long period of time. And so that's where I actually think there's maybe the most disconnect between some of the encouraging news on the vaccine and where some of that relative pricing is. The other thing I thought was really fascinating about your comments, which I think is really important for investors, is, is just the timing. I really keyed on a point you mentioned that we might not know the details of the, the key phase three trial until November, and that's still some ways away. And so that maybe gives a little bit of a gap here where we've had the initial good news, but we need to wait a while before getting that final confirmation. And thus the market is a little bit starved of that key piece of information over the next couple of months. Well, Matt, you know, I think this is something that we'll watch with, with a lot of interest, both from a market standpoint and, and from a human standpoint. And I look forward to chatting again as we follow this ongoing saga. Great speaking with you, Andrew. Thanks for having me on. And thanks for listening. If you enjoy Thoughts of the Market, please take a moment to rate and review us on the Apple Podcast app. It helps more people find the show. 
The preceding content is informational only and based on information available when created. It is not an offer or a solicitation, nor is it tax or legal advice. It does not consider your financial circumstances and objectives and may not be suitable for you.